This is Paul Nobles with eperform.com and this is a semi maybe might show up podcast later on down the road. Uh, we do these. These are what we call fundamentals and our fundamentals classes are basically for people that are brand new to eat perform and gives people a great way to get to know um, what we do, uh, especially if you're considering joining eat perform and you kind of want to know uh, you know the process as you're signing up and kind of getting to know new things it's also something that you can actually use ongoing and so uh, kind of keep that in mind so far we only have well I should ha I should mention Sarah Sarah is on the line as well she's my lovely co-host so Sarah if you want to say hi to everybody hi everybody so I'm gonna make sure that my volume is turned up a little bit can you say hi again Hello. Okay. So I'm Is that gonna, better? Yeah. No, that's perfect. I just uh, have volume too low. So the first person that we're looking at is uh, Jennifer. Jennifer is saying she started grad school looking for downward trend while maintaining strength, but been a little low on energy lately. So let's take a look at her trend. She also sheet. mentioned that she's been working with April and she's just kind of looking for a two-week check-in today. Gotcha. Usually, when we're having discussions about energy, um, you know, we we start to have to look at downward trend, right? Um, and once again, we're sort of getting some feedback off of your computer, Sarah. Um, we got to figure that out because that can't happen every single time. Um, otherwise, it, otherwise, it makes it really hard to do this. So what, what happened in Jennifer's case is uh, her fats were reduced a bit on the 24th of August. A little bit of the problem, you know, and she mentioned two-week review is a little bit longer than that at the moment. Let's take a look. So I have her information. Here's here's sort of the way that I look at what's happening to you, Jennifer. Um, we're kind of playing around with just one side of things, right? Um, from the 21st, okay, of July, right? We started upping macros a bit, and then around the 23rd, which is just over a month, that's when you decided that um, you were relatively weight stable. You had seen one day that was up a few pounds, and we definitely had seen a couple days where your weight had started to go a little bit higher, but some of it, you know, might have been time of month issues. It could have been a lot of factors that 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 go along there. Um, for the most part, since that time, your weight has been relatively weight stable, yet you were much higher as it relates to calories at that point. So. There's really only a few things that we can do at this point 
to really get things moving. Now we, I can I can lower your macros uh, to a point to see if we can kind of get things moving right now. But but everything that is sort of happening right on the one hand, you're saying that you you know you're sort of struggling with fatigue and things of this nature. Um, that is going to happen. Now, my guess is the reason why you're bringing that up to me is because you're struggling with fatigue, but you're not seeing an acute result. If you were seeing a result, then maybe you'd go, okay, this is worth it. We are seeing that, especially in the last week, that you, you know, you've had three or four days where you didn't track um, weight has stayed relatively weight stable, had kind of one day up, um, you know, related to, you know, could have been you being sick, gluten re reaction, you have Fogo to Chow day. And so those can all be kind of net negatives. But what I think is sort of happening for you, you know, we have a few days where your steps are at 10,000, 11,000. Um, for the level of intervention that sort of happened for you without a significant increase in your activity, I just don't think that you're going to see an acute response. So my thought process is one, we either have to go a lot lower to see if we can get things moving there and then recheck in, in in two weeks or my suspicion is that we need to really start to move to the higher side of things and actually give that a chance rather than just going, okay, I did one month and now I want to go lower, right? Um, she's also saying that she's having issues with recovery right yeah. now. Yeah, she is that's, that's kind of, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what yeah. happens when you eat less, right? Um, and so, you know, once again, I mean, I think what she's really saying is, is, if I were seeing a response, then I'd feel better about what's happening, right? Um, so we can go one of two ways. Um, my suspicion is that, you know, if we go down and we see a better response, then you'd be much happier with the way things are going, right? Um, and you'd be okay with not recovering and stuff like this. So my suspicion is that we test that side of things for the next two weeks. And then once we know that we can get things moving, frankly, I think what you're doing right now without increasing activity level quite a bit um, is not going to be as effective as as you would want it to be, right? Um, so my instinct. Yeah, saying though that she would, Paul, she is saying that she would rather recover better and feel better and be able to work out more. Okay, we we can definitely go that route, but we have to see that route through, right? Because when you tell April that you want to see fat loss. What April's going to hear in her head is that you want weight loss. So she's going to now start moving your macros down. She's not going to move them down super dramatically. You know, I think one of the things that would be interesting is if we actually allowed for, 
you know, as an example, you were pretty close. I loved what you were doing on the 21st, to be honest with you. Between the 21st of July and the 23rd of August, you were doing great. And then, you know, like like all of us, you know, the scale hits that one number that scares the shit out of us. And then, boom, you know, we're back to snuggling. You know, one of the things I've been talking a, a lot about is... Um, swimming right and using kind of swimming as as a metaphor and actually it looks like it looks like you're um it looks like you are actually from july 7th so let, let me just look go back to july 7th um yeah i mean even back and she's saying she felt great that's when she felt great as well. Of course she felt great. I mean, of course she should feel right. great there, right? You have calories. You know, you're feeling good about your workouts and, and things of this nature. Okay. Now but all of a sudden we start concern. nibbling away at, at, at calories, right? And what what you see automatically is that steps start to go down. Sleep starts to get worse. Recovery starts right. to get compromised, Right. We have a catch-22. She just said her concern is gaining weight since now she's in grad school and time sleep is an issue. Mm -hmm. So, so we have to we have to sort of pick, right? We can't, on the one hand, say I would like to feel better, I would like to sleep better, I would like to be more recovered, right? And then go, but I don't want to gain weight too. I think one. Every single time, if you gain a little bit of weight and you start to panic and then you go to a coach and ask for the coach to adjust your macros, we're going to do what you want. But at the same time, I don't think that that's, you know, if 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 you were asking me what to do in that instance, I would not tell you to do that. Because I think at a certain point, you guys, and, and I'll, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier, right? So one of the... the um, kind of the metaphors that I've been using recently is swimming, right? And and when someone starts swimming, right, they got the little floaties on and there's they're next to the pool and um you know they 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 kick off the side and they feel real good, you know, they got the floaties working and and all this other type of stuff and then they get scared shitless and then they grab back to the side of the pool, right? If every single time we grab back to the side of the pool, we'll never actually get off of the floaties and we'll never actually get to a point where we're doing well, right? When, you know, your your activity level was not particularly high, you know, um, when you were on the 7th, right? Um Certainly, you naturally, I would say that if I'm in graduate school, there's going to be a little bit more walking classes and things like that, maybe, or being a little bit more conscious of that kind of step activity. But I feel like we're doing a lot of, you know, I would like to swim. That was, swimming would be awesome. And then, oh, I gained two pounds and I got to move back to the close to the pool, right? Um that's why my instinct, right, is to get more aggressive, okay? I'm not going to tell everybody on the broadcast what your number is, but you and I know what your number is because you freak out every time you get to that number. So if we can get to a point where, 
we can be a little bit more aggressive. Yes, it's going to hurt your recovery. Yes, it's going to hurt things, but it will allow for a buffer so we won't freak out every time that number shows up. Or you can say, you know what? That number has really no relationship to anything as it relates to how I'm going to do things. And frankly, that's what I would rather for you. If that's the direction you want to go, all we got to do is move back to the numbers where you were doing great. And I, I think kind of being all in your head about, well, I'm in graduate school and I don't want to gain weight and stuff like that. We can, we can deal with all those things as we go. But part of... You know, I was listening to this really cool um, uh, podcast. Maybe it wasn't a podcast. Maybe it was just on NPR. And they were talking about stress response and in relationship to quality of food, right? And so basically the way that the study was set up was that quality of food, um, they, had, they had kind of two systems. And two groups... Where basically there was the control group that was eating the good foods, um, and then you know what they were considering bad foods, which I would not necessarily consider to be bad foods, but that's the way they set up the study, and it is relevant to this discussion. So the control group basically was half of 60 people that were doing things sort of normal. The other people they were they were stressed. Right. And they were intentionally being put into stressful situations to see how their body would respond to good foods compared to bad foods. And what it, they found was that when you were eating good food, even in that scenario, stress and recovery becomes a big factor. Right. So for you, right. Going into grad school, I mean, my daughter's going into high school. This is her first year, right? She's stressed out of her mind. Last thing, you know, well, I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, telling my 14-year-old daughter to be dieting anyway. But, but it would be a horrible time to go into kind of a cutting scenario, which is sort of what you want to do every single time your weight goes up a pound or two, right? Um do we have any indication of which which direction she would like to go? Because the direction that I would like to go is the direction of seven seven. You know, I would like for that number. She knows what that number is, right? Um, <laughs> to quit bothering her so much. When you're up two to three pounds, that's normal, right? I mean, you know, certainly if if we start to get way above that. Well, now we'll have to sort of address things. But people overthink that piece so much, right? They think, well, if I'm not doing X or if I'm not doing this, and that's why I sort of mentioned that study. The study sort of shows that the more rest you have, the more you, know, you can kind of deal with stress. You know, when you're you're graduate school, you're going to be somewhat stressed. So why would you add fuel to that fire by trying to cut in that scenario? You'd be better off making sure that you were eating an adequate amount of food. And it's sort of interesting because right as you started grad school, your solution was to lower macros. And that would not be the solution that I would go. And you go, well, that wasn't my solution. That was April's solution. Well... April's only doing what you're telling her to do, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of keep that in mind. Have we gotten any feedback from her? Nothing. Nope. Nothing different. Yes. And so she did confirm um, that the number that I'm thinking of is the number that she's worried about. And frankly, yeah. um, if I put you on my scale compared to your scale, that m- number might be different. So, you right. know, I think ha- having that, you know, I mean, no pun intended, weigh on you in a big way, you know, I think is 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 not not a good thing. So I guess it's just trying to maintain while decreasing activity because of grad school. But yeah, okay, so but, but my point being is that, yeah, decrease in activity, naturally your your activity has been decreased but you can also be a little bit more conscious. I mean, you control these factors, right? Um, and so, you know, parking at, at a little bit, you know, farther out so you can get a few more steps in walking to class, you know. Um, and then, of course, you have to, you've now extended the distance to walk to your car to get back. Right. And then there's a lot of other factors that are going on. Maybe it's a nice crisp fall day. Maybe that breathing helps you out. Right. Um, There's a lot of factors as it relates to kind of um, dealing with the stress as it relates to grad school. But, you know, uh, certainly eating less is not going to be um, an answer. She's saying, didn't want to gain while sitting all day, but willing to go back a little bit higher macros so I have the energy to work out consistently again. Yes. I think we were seeing good progress. I think the other thing that we need to talk about here is that you're 5'7", right? Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like I mean, like you're 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 pretty dramatically underweight. That's really mean. Yeah, you're really lean as it is right now. You're looking at your body fat percentage and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not as lean as I would like to be. Well, part of the reason is is that every single time we try to build muscle, you know, we sort of kind of, you know, snuggle back to the side of the pool, mm-hmm. right? And um, even in the scenario where you're in grad school and even though your workouts maybe not be as regular or something like that, at least at that point we'd be maintaining muscle. Rather than, she said that she's deadlifting and squatting 195 two to three times a week. Yeah. I mean, that, those are those are good numbers, you know. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of 4,000 days, 1,000 or 1,038 on the day that you were six, 740, 47, 59, 88. I see a lot of people always talking about calories and they want to lower their, their calories the good majority of the time. If you're in grad school and you cannot get to work at working out, there's a lot of things that you can do. You know, I, I remember back to when I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, my daughter was at a skating competition and um, I would do kind of like these little Tabata routines of, of, uh, of push-ups and air squats and uh, all the other people who weren't doing these types of things. And then also I would walk around the arena when my daughter wasn't competing. And, and, and I would get weird looks, right? Like, who's this guy doing air squats in the middle of a field? Well, I'm, I'm, the, guy, I'm the guy that makes activity a priority in his life, you know? Um, so I would highly encourage you to continue doing what you're doing, making sure that you have those two to three days where you're doing that resistance training, but there's probably room for some activity outside of that, 
right? Um, and uh, that that's a piece that that you'll have to sort of figure out. And you know, a lot of people tell me that they're busy, and I understand grad school and stuff like that. Eaton Form is a pretty big business, you know. Yet I still get in twenty to twenty-five thousand steps a lot of days. My averages tend to be close to twenty thousand per day most weeks. Um, and I still, by the way, get in resistance training and things of that nature. That may not be your reality, but if your reality is right around a seven thousand to eight thousand average right now, right? Let's see what 10,000 and 12,000 would look like. Let's see what we could do on those days where, you know, two to three, um, what what can we do as it relates to, you know, air squats? What can we do as it relates to push-ups or pull-ups or things like that, you know? Um, so, so I'm going to move you back to the macros that you were doing well with, um, and we, we need to make sure that that you know, you don't allow that boogeyman number to, to, to basically hijack your, to basically hijack your, your life, you know, um, I, I've always talked about this, you know, and I still feel like to this day, no one feels this to the way that I feel it. And even, I don't even know, I, I'll, I'll say this to staff, right? To my staff. As much as we all understand the phases, I think my staff feels pressured by you guys to get you the response that you think you want. I don't feel burdened by that, right? Because I know what is, is better for you because I know these phases tend to be. But if you ask most people... You know, they're going to kind of want to give you what you need. And I think sometimes that's not going to always be to your benefit. And what was nice about, you know, what April did for you, um, there's a, there's another piece that I thought would be interesting, you know, that, that would have been kind of interesting to try is if we did go to kind of a more extreme number. But I think that this would be a bad time. I think it is much better to recover. I do like the the numbers that we were at. Um, and frankly, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if um, you were able to see some progress as you add in a little bit more volume. Um, and so you can be strategic in that way. You know, sometimes when you're sitting down in class all day, to, to do, you know, um, you know, five rounds of 20 air squats and, and 10 push-ups, you know, you can do that two, three times a day if you need to, right? Um, there's, I, I would argue that, that air squats and push-ups, th that's the one thing that I always default to, you know, mm -hmm. when I'm feeling like, okay, you know, I'm sitting on my butt all day long, I'd like to get in a right. little bit more activity, that's going to be what I'd be looking at. Um, and and she's saying also that that kind of behavior-wise, she was making some bad decisions just because she felt uncomfortable with the low macros. And I think I think the other thing too is when you're already lean, your body is viewing your 
uh, muscle mass as an energy source. And so, yeah. you know, I think the, the problem is that she looks in the mirror and thinks to herself that she's not as lean as she would like to be. And therefore she needs to lose weight. And I would argue that what she needs to do is build muscle. Right. Um, right. I mean, when we look at the math, I mean, five, seven for a female is, is pretty tall, right? Yeah. So when we look at, I mean, I'm five, two and in that 130, 135 pounds. Yeah. So let's see. I'm just trying to do, I know this always makes for a stimulating podcast, but I'm trying to do some math here to see what her lean mass is so her lean mass is 111 which is is fine um that sure certainly shows me that someone lift weights and and activity is a priority in their life um but at the same time you know there's no reason that at 57 for a female you couldn't be at 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 120 right and so if we looked at 120 and, and we look at the difference, basically that's nine pounds. And so how would you come up with the, the body fat percentage where you would just divide that by 1.5, right? And now we would be 6% lower. Um, that puts you in the high teens right at 20%. That's what we really, we really need to be focused on. That was the path that we were on. And sometimes, you know, you will see weight go up a little bit, but that's kind of the magic of the rhythm, right? The rhythm is going to allow you um, a systematic way of being in a deficit on occasion so you can see a specific result. Um, but I, I don't think a lot of people do that math. And if they did, you know, they'd feel a lot better about, you know, making slow and gradual progress. So two pounds, no big deal. Seven pounds, big deal. I doubt mm -hmm. seven pounds is going to happen, right? Um, <laughs> I think that uh, you know we have a pretty good control, and we've already seen that these macros actually work for you better. You're more recovered, less stressed. All of those sound like amazing things mm -hmm. for grad school. All right, so we're not getting a whole lot of trend sheets, um, but... No, but I did send you Amanda's. Okay. Amanda West joined. All right. I can, you need me to resend that for you? Um, let me just double check. Okay. There we go. I kind of lost as it. Long as she, yeah. As long as she commented, she's excited to be on. Always fun to be able to do that when you're on. Yeah. Yeah, so let's see. So we've seen kind of a, a downward trend recently. Um, certainly her, you know, Amanda, I met Amanda when I went to the Kansas City meetup. And um, I believe Amanda's in GC. But um, yeah, she is. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of the summer compared to where she's at right now. This, this, you know, we talk about this a lot, that these tend to be kind of the bragging um, posts. Mm -hmm. And uh, she has every right to brag, right? Because, you know, she's down almost 10 pounds. Oh, my God. I mean, like, are you seeing her plan? 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, That's like, awesome. like. That's okay, awesome. I'm going to read to you guys <laughs> what Amanda's plan is in the instance, and what it reminds me of is Kylene, right? Because I, I talk about Kylene oh, yeah. a lot. And everybody wants to snuggle up to Les. And everybody tells me of how he, he forms not that different from any other thing. Well, I don't see a whole lot of people programming um, deficit cycles at these macros. So let me give you her, her high days. Okay, so her high days are 25, 35. That's not even her super day, right? Her super day is probably close to 27, 50. Um, I'm looking at her trend sheet. I'm definitely seeing some super days that are 3,200, right? Um, you know, 29.76, like some of these these numbers that are really allowing for, you know, good sustainable energy and more flexibility. Okay, so for her high day, her carbs are 333. My high day carbs are 375. Okay, her fats mm -hmm. on high days are 67. My fats on high days are 75. So as someone who's who's pretty lean, what this tells me is, is that Amanda works out harder than I do, right? <laughs> um, and that, that's not hard to do, right? But her goal is performance. Um, medium day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so I'm just letting everybody know. I think anybody listening to the podcast, you know, see, okay. So, so, you know, we did this article for athletes daily. Um, and there was, there was, there was some people that were sort of, uh, bothered by the inference that we were saying that, um, some people who don't see results don't work out as hard as other people, right? And I think even in the article, I mentioned that I don't work out that hard, right? But Amanda did choose to work out that hard, right? And she's down 10 pounds. And so I know it pisses some people off that, that you know, Amanda works harder than they do. But that's the reality, folks, you know? And they're, you know... I mean, certainly there's a level of specificity that, that needs to happen. We talked about that in the article. And with trend sheets, that's obviously been able to, to, to happen a little bit better. But, I mean, Amanda's medium day, right? 2351, 150 protein, carb 27, fat 67. Her low day, okay, this is the day that basically we're looking at um, a deficit just to sort of regulate kind of water levels, inflammation levels, things of this nature, and allow for kind of the scale to, to go down. And I'm going to give a little bit of specifics in Amanda's case because I think it's kind of interesting to look at this piece. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to relate it to why it works and why it's important. So her calories on a low day, this is the lowest day that she eats is 2017. Okay, protein 150, carbs 172, fats 81. Okay. Um, so now let's look at her, her trend sheet, which eat the form coaches use to kind of help people guide things. Right. So I'm just going to look at the last few, right? So I'm going to start back on the 15th. Um, she has a low day the very next day. Um, her weight is relatively stable. She sort of stays 
in that range for a little bit. Next low day kind of stays the same. That that sometimes happens. Sometimes you see more of a water release on um, on the next days, but she's she was also sort of um, not pushing kind of the super days in the direction that that maybe they could have been. The very next mm -hmm. um, high day, um, she did push things a little bit, uh, and that's when we started to see things kind of move down. So low day, um, she's looks like a pound down. Definitely something that we sort of see, right? If, if you're pushing the top end, you know, you're going to spend the rest of the time pushing the low end. But here's here's the important piece, right? She started to do some days where her steps were at 23,000, 15,000. Previous to that, the average was was right around 12,000. She had some she had some higher days. Um, probably some resistance training in the mix. I'm looking at her workout log to see. Yeah, so I mean, she, Amanda works out, man. You know, like. What I love about Amanda's story is yeah. she was definitely, she's come a long way. She was definitely on the struggle bus, you know, regularly, you know, complaining and worried about a pound here or a pound there. And she, when she finally buckled down is when she really started yeah. seeing results. Yeah. I mean, like when I look at her low day from the 25th um, and look at her weight this morning, you know, she's down two pounds, right? And in the case of, um, this is why I wanted to talk about this. So what a lot of people don't factor in is that, and, and this is sort of the benefit of the rhythm. And when we first started talking about the rhythm, we were talking about kind of these eight day cycles where you'd have three days of carbs and then you'd have your low day and then three days of carbs and then you have your low day. And then people were like, well, wouldn't it be better if I was on a seven day cycle? And frankly, you know, I think that that was more convenient for a lot of people. So, so most people are on a seven day cycle. I know a lot of people get a little confused that in their trend sheet, it says preferred that that's a little bit of a miscommunication. Um, there is really no preferred view there. Um, but when you look at kind of pushing the carbohydrate side of things, it does allow for your body to kind of like pull those nutrients into your muscle as you're working out, do your strength training, all the things that are going to be super positive. And then um, that low day ends up being more effective, right? Because any excess water, excess weight is going to be pulled through. And then you still have the option where, you know, high and medium day. I actually do see a lot of water release um, on high days and medium days. Like when I go through, so, so one of the cycles um, in the rhythm is uh, high, medium, medium. Those are the three days I kind of like the least, right? Um, because, uh, and I'm actually pretty excited, uh, you know, I, I've talked about it on Monday and uh, tomorrow's my low day and I'm expecting to see um, kind of low 172s maybe maybe 171 trying to get into the high 160s and then once that happens then I'll move my my fats 
a little bit higher. But actually, my, my fats have been, you know, five to 10 grams higher the last couple low days, and I'm still, you know, doing good. So that kind of tells me that my body sort of responds to like some of these positive things. And also, you know, uh, some of the energy fatigue that you feel right now, all of a sudden you want to work out more. You are more recovered. Your sleep is a little deeper, right? All those things end up being kind of net positives. Um, all right. So we have a few more trend sheets. All right. So we're just going to stop with these last three, but I think more importantly than anything, when I see people that are like really struggling um, and really wondering like where the secret is, more often than not, I see them kind of doing the pull thing that I talked about earlier, right? Where they're always looking at low carbohydrates and low calories to be the answer that it really isn't because if you never cycle out of that, you're really not mm -hmm. allowing kind of your body to work the way that it wants to work. And we can keep, yeah, an, we can keep an eye on that, right? I mean, like in the case of, of Jennifer, where we were talking earlier, you know, when we're talking about a pound or two, you know, that's the kind of thing that we just have to work you guys through. We, we don't really see people struggling with five pounds, 10 pounds. That's, you know, the, the accountability of the trend sheets just doesn't allow that. Right. And right. usually when we see a problem, it's pretty obvious what the problem is. It's usually some level of activity being lower or, you know, um, sometimes alcohol can be a bit of an issue there and, and we can walk people through how to, how to kind of do that while also seeing a positive response. So I'm looking at Britt's um, sheet here. And do you, has she talked to you at all about? Uh... She just um, mentioned that her, her weight does the same thing. As she, she's kind of like on the same cycle. She loses weight after high days. So she gets that kind of water release. Yeah. Um, and and that'll happen for for women sometimes. I think uh, when we look at, let's take a look at her plan. So I actually set her up yesterday with new macros. Um, I lowered her carbs a little bit just to kind of see if we could kind of get things moving a little bit quicker. Um, so like seeing a review you know, probably isn't isn't necessarily um, going to make a big difference after one day, right? Um, what I will say for her, though, is she's only had one super day. And, and, you know, we sort of run into this problem of when you have one super day or when you... My wife actually did this the other day, right? Um, she had, and I think I talked about this on, on Monday, uh, Monday's podcast. She she had a super day, and then her macros were sort of messed up on uh, Sunday, or was it Saturday? And so she decided to have a, a low day instead, and then held on to weight. And so yeah. now, now she's on basically four days of carbohydrates. She's actually at her lowest weight that, that she was, but she was holding on to weight you know, when that low day was in the fact in the mix. 
if you don't put in super days or if you change the the rhythm to what you want it to be it's really not allowing the rhythm to work the way that it works right um you have the one day where you're having fats and carbs that's going to allow for kind of a reset you know from a from an adherence standpoint from a hormone standpoint so you end up having basically three days where where fats are, are high-ish or, or relatively high and then you know you've got the rest of the days where your your fats are going to be you know mostly for for most people set in a moderate way certainly in the case of, of Brit it, it definitely so something else for way. Brit too I don't know if you know she's breastfeeding um, mm -hmm. she said that also can make it difficult yes and so that's why I kept her fats high right um, one of the things that I see with pregnancy that that um, you know in the case of Brit she's she's a pretty active person right um, but at the same time you know when we start to see kind of these days where things are relatively inactive 69 67 34 10 you know two days out of basically about 15 where she's at 10 or 11,000 what I see with pregnancy and what I've seen every single time is working out matters a lot more than calories right so it wouldn't surprise me if you know she starts to feel fatigue and then we start looking at maybe I'd probably end up upping her fats a little bit more than I would mm -hmm. carbohydrates I don't think for for breast milk production and things of this nature carbs end up being mm -hmm. that big of a thing but at the same time it, it can certainly affect your you know resistance training weightlifting things of that nature now I'm trying to look at her workout log I don't really see anything there's no there's no notes in her trend sheet. Um, she just mentioned that she added in 45 minutes of walking every morning mm -hmm. um, to help with stress reduction and her lists. Yeah. But I don't know about Well, we don't know what she does for resistance training, right? right? And resistance training is really sort of the piece that I'm talking about. Certainly, you know, volume in general, where steps are good, you know, that that's a big piece. But at the same time... Um, resistance training in the mix. She's saying she crossfits three times a week. Crossfit isn't always lifting, right? Um, and so the the step goal can end up getting you that volume piece. But sometimes, you know, if you're if you're walking 45 minutes to deal with stress, you know, CrossFit in that mix sometimes isn't going to always be great for stress either. It, it, it certainly allows you to get away from the house. It allows you some free time. Um, but you could also, so if I were you, you know, and I was looking for a change, I would probably, instead of three days of CrossFit, I'd probably look at maybe two days of CrossFit um, and one day lifting. Uh, the other thing that you could do is you could go to one day lifting and then you could modify your um, CrossFit workouts to where um, they have a little bit of a strength emphasis, you know, so you're not necessarily trying to 
kill the wad. I don't love that. I don't, you know, I think that's sort of hard to do, but sometimes, you know, people like to get that sweat in and, and, and things of that nature. So it's something that you can try. I'll just tell you, I've tried it. You know, it's not as good as, you know, just doing two days lifting, two days crossfit. So something to think about there. Um, all right. So I think that should cover her. Um, but yeah, like I said, for Brit, um, if she starts to lose weight, um, that that's always my concern. Concern, especially as it relates to, um, you know, anyone breastfeeding, is that they start to lose weight too fast, and yeah. um, and then fatigue becomes an issue, and milk produ production becomes an issue, and at at that point, we would definitely start to look at upping fats a bit. Um. All right. So in terms of next is Elaine. Yeah. We do have a quick question. I'll insert it while you're opening up Elaine. Jessica said, can you comment on your thoughts about the under the desk ellipticals? Are they effective for increasing list volume? Mm -hmm. Struggles to understand um, how this helps since your body weight isn't involved. She's not worried about counting or not counting the associated steps. She just wants to know if it really adds a difference to list volume. Well, rather than doing nothing, I would say yes, it does, right? Um, is it the best? You know, I mean, what we're really talking about is not necessarily whether it's best or not. You know, is it useless is, I think, her real question. And I would say, no, it's not useless, right? It's something, you know. Right. Um, and, and something certainly would be better than nothing, Okay. What do I think it's as good as walking? I don't even think the regular ellipticals as good as walking. You know what I mean? So, so certainly it's not as good as that. Um, it's something you're adding something to the equation. Um, I, I don't hate it. I can think of a lot of instances where you know if I had someone, you know, a male that was 425 pounds and, and I was looking for more things that that person could do that uh, wouldn't harm them, that would be something that I would be looking at, you know. Um, so it looks like for Elaine, we're seeing a fair amount of, of weight loss, fat loss, right? Um, body fat percentage going down. Everything's going good except for the fact that that she's very noticeably weaker at CrossFit. Hungry, you know, um, you know, sleep is horrible. You know, a lot of that kind of stuff. Welcome to fat loss, right? Um, yeah. So she's saying um, that basically. Hydrostatic kind of netted her out at roughly the same. I, we've had this discussion often. Um, you know, she's saying that she stopped creatine. She thinks that weight gain was related. There's a lot of factors that go on there. I would actually have kept the creatine, but I understand how, you know, water retention. So so then, okay, so, so she does the creatine. Um, she's got ovulation. You know, basically five days later, we're looking at a rest day, hydrostatic weighing. Well, what does creatine do? Creatine draws water from outside the cell and brings it into the cell. Um, especially when accompanied by weightlifting resistance training. 
Now all of a sudden we do hydrostatic weighing, five days after creatine's gone, weight loss five pounds down, and guess what? Five pounds lean mass. Well, guess what? If you had kind of kept the creatine, we would have probably seen that same amount of lean mass stay there, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got to remember that, that all this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. Um, in terms of, you know, her calories, let's take a look. Sort of move things up. Looks like Brad <laughs> moved her macros up today actually but didn't change the date so let me do that um in but but let's talk a little bit about body fat measurement and why you would seem to net out when you've lost six pounds well body fat measurements have a high correlation to the amount of hydration in your muscle and so what ends up happening for most people is they know that they're going to be body fat testing. One of the things that I always say, it looks like we were kind of okay from her standpoint. Um, once the cycle, um, you know, ovulation, however, you know, I, I should know more about that piece um, and how to describe it. But, uh, I'm surprised you don't. Yeah, I know. As much as I talk about it, right? Seriously, um, yeah. But like, you know, her hydrostatic was three, four, you know, three, four days after. Usually I like it to be about a week after, right? Um, and I like it to be consistent. I think the other thing, too, is that if you body fat test at 7 a.m. in the morning, which you probably should be, then you need to body fat test at 7 a.m., you know, um, the next time as well. Her body fat percentage went lower um and so she used to be 18 now she's 17 that is sort of how it works for really lean people right so to go from you know 18 to 17 now the answer to go from 18 or 17 in this instance to say 15 is really going to come down to probably staying weight stable and adding muscle my suspicion is that as she adds the creatine back right um mm -hmm. And I know why she took it out, right? She knew she was going to be hydrostatic. She knew it was time a month. She was going to end up kind of gaining weight in that process. But um, at the same time, the weight that she she basically lost, she just pulled out of her muscle and it showed kind of a net net loss. You know, um, obviously body fat was lower, but probably not to the extent that she would have liked, right? So the one cool thing for Elaine is that she's naturally muscular and so she has a fair amount of lean mass um, I like Brad's plan I think Brad's plan is going to do a great job for Elaine once again you know this is you know even when Elaine was was losing weight you know she was losing weight with high days you know I'm, I'm just trying to see what our super day numbers, um, you know, 2,500, you know, um, I mean, this is for someone that's 17% body fat, you know, um, so this thought that you have to kind of starve yourself to get to these numbers, there's a lot of 2,400s, you know, these types of things. Um, 
for Elaine to get leaner, okay, the bigger answer is going to be the macros that that Brad prescribed for her. Um, I would use, you know, the weight number that I know, you know, is sort of similar to what we talked about with Jennifer, right? Okay. We want to use that one number that probably is in the top of your head. But I tell you one thing. You start adding creatine back in the mix, it's going to hydrate your muscles better. Um, it's going to allow for more work. Creatine is more of the answer, not more of the problem. And I know for women, you know, there was a there was a um, podcast that I did with uh, Lane Norton. And Lane Norton was talking about creatine, and creatine makes me feel bloated, and creatine makes me gain weight. Guess what? That's also... You know, it's very difficult to gain lean mass without some level of bloating. That was kind of the point Lane was making. So I think, um, you know, we're not at risk of being, you know, um, well over the figurative number that we're talking about anymore. And so if we can sort of use kind of... <laughs> she says, okay, okay, I'll add back the creatine. <laughs> yeah, and you can get like, like fast loading stuff like... Uh, you know, I used to use Concrete. Right now, I use the Progenics brand. Um, I'm just a big fan of amino blends because they absorb better and they get to your muscle quicker. And so they don't have bloating. Now, a lot of people say, well, monohydrate does relatively the same thing. Well, that's awesome. But if I have to deal with a day or two of bloating rather than not, I'll rather have it not, you know. Um and so that's why I like... They're asking specifically what creatine. I use Amplitude from Progenics. Um, and when I'm out of that, I'll use Concrete. And when I'm out of that, I have some monohydrate sitting in the cabinet um, just in case I run out of stuff. But Elaine's answer... The, for Elaine to go from 17 to 15, that's a muscle problem, right? Um, right. Lane does not need to lose any weight. Lane is lean, you know. Seriously. Yeah. Like, that's super lean. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, you know, if you were to ask me, Lane, if you were to ask me to, what I would do, um, I would have you, I, I wish, you know, see, this is a great example. Like, if Lane had a, had a um, on-demand sheet, you know, mm -hmm. what I would like to see is for a lane to be weight stable and I'd like to actually move her fats up to 65 or probably 64 um, on high and medium days because it you know there's a you know when when you're looking at fat loss some level of cycling is is better there when we're looking at muscle gain typically I want to see less variance and I want to see fats higher right and uh, th I think that would be a benefit. So if you've been considering an on-demand sheet, this would be one of the reasons why you would get one. And then we can look at what Brad's plan is doing for you. If we're staying weight stable, maybe even going a little bit lower, like I said, I'd like to move you to 64. Um, but I do love that you're calling it an on-demand sheet. I really like that a lot. Well, the future of Eat to Perform is all on-demand reviews. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm not going to give you guys the whole secret to the to the plan because, you know, sometimes that sort of frustrates people. Um, but at the end of the day, um, 
you know, we view that as a big solution. I know when I give someone a recommendation, I tend to want them to check in with me in two weeks to see how things go. Mm -hmm. All the on-demand people are checking in with me. And I think it's sort of interesting because there's a lot of folks that go, well, yeah, but it's $9.95 a month. Well, that's true. It is $9.95 a month. But what's your gym membership? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I would argue that the advice that we're giving people is much more relevant than even the sets and reps and knowing how to do those things right. And so that, that to me, you know, when somebody can communicate with, with us, you know, you know, within 24 hours, you know, yeah. now we don't do them on weekends, but, um, there's some cool stuff coming. I'm just telling you guys, <laughs> you know, the, uh, might not, it might not be here for six months to a year, but, um, <laughs> But you do have you do have access to on demand right now. Um, right. So Kristen's asking, how do you use it after workout? You can use it after workout. It's kind of known to load a little bit better after workout. But frankly, for me, you know, I forget my creatine all the time. I can't. Even, I don't even think I've used creatine probably in the last week. You know, really? Um, yeah, I just forget it. You know, I I add it to my protein shake. I don't have protein shake. That's the funniest thing. Like, there's always somebody that's like, eat real food. You know, I'm like, I don't use protein all that much, right? And I'm not going to throw it in my oatmeal. That's really the only time that I tend to use protein is in oatmeal. Other than that, you know, I mean, you know, I talk about Vitargo. I don't use Vitargo all that much, you know, so I've got to. I love Vitargo. I, I love Vitargo too. It tastes good, but it doesn't taste as good as, you know, some of the other things that I enjoy for flavor. Like a Pop-Tart? <laughs> um, I'm not a Pop-Tart person, you know? It's sort of funny, like like one of the criticisms um, of, of Eat to Reform used to be that, like, you know, there was conversations about Pop-Tarts and Rice Krispie Treats. And I think what's interesting, other than Sarah's joke right now, is that once accountability came into place with trend sheets, mm -hmm. guess what happened? Like all the Rice Krispie Treat people, they kind of went away because <laughs> you know, it was sort of like what people don't realize is there's no Rice Krispie Treat people at Eat Reform. Now, I'm not saying that people don't eat Rice Krispie Treats right. and have them in the mix, yeah. but I mean... It's sort of funny that like all these people that that have been kind of openly critical of of yeah. you know processed foods, they were the ones doing that shit. You know, like I right. you know I've been very open about the fact that I mean I probably had you know ten Rice Krispie treats in the last two years. You know, I'm not a Rice Krispie treat guy. You know, it's just so funny. Like like people look at. You, you know, you always want to have kind of this scapegoat for things. And it's just, it's just hilarious to me that, that, yeah. that more people can't just like look in the mirror and go, you know, maybe I'm the reason for my problems. Right. right. And the more you do that, you know, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, like we're perfect and, and, and we can't improve. I think that, you know, when you look at the levels of improvements that we've made at trend sheets, it's just, you know, leaps and bounds yeah. but but at the same time you know um like i said in the article 
and I think it's it's sort of funny when people say, um, and 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 people are going to be bothered by this, and honestly, I don't really care that they don't. You know, I mean, I lost a hundred pounds because I worked out more than a lot of people did, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, people who don't really want to work out as hard as I did, they're bothered by that. And you know what? I don't really give a shit. You know, I, I literally work my ass off. And then then people will also be critical of the fact that, um, you know, I'm no longer 150 pounds. As if my my journey somehow somehow matters. You know what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. you know, there was somebody making a comment about the picture where I was 150 pounds. And they're like, well, he doesn't weigh that now. Well, no shit. I look like a 13 year old. Right. So, um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't even consider, you know, but, but the inference was that, that, that I was not still lean. And I, I, you know, once you start to play that, that optimal lean game, you know, it doesn't really matter because you're, you're, you're up against Photoshop pictures. You're up against all this other type of stuff. And frankly, I'm a guy that came to fitness a little bit late, you know, I mean, I'm doing a lot better than 250 pound Paul, right? Everybody sort of wants to make it about like eight pack abs or some stupid shit like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, for me, it was really about death, you know? And when I look at being 250 pounds compared to being, you know, 172 right now, I mean, am I fat? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, are you literally trying to say, I mean, this is where the internet just sort of loses me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just be, is your goal for me somehow supposed to be my goal for me? I'm 172 pounds. You know, even if you compare that to 250 pounds, that's 80 pounds less, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, um, there's so many people that have seen success as it relates to how we're able to customize plans for them, you know, but they're the leader of their journey, not some, some, you know, um, you know, just crazy, you know, thought process of everybody needs to get down to 6% as a male, um, all females need to get down to 13% because frankly, from a health standpoint, all that stuff is bullshit anyway, right? Right. Um, Lori has a quick question about body fat analyzers. I know we have another trend sheet. I don't know if you want to do that one. Yeah, so go ahead. Um, okay, Lori's question. I'm interested in getting a body fat analyzer for herself. She's finishing up with her trainer. My trainer uses an Omron handheld, but I have heard a lot about InBody. Which do you recommend? Neither. You know, uh, I, I would recommend neither, truthfully. Um, it, it, for you, kind of knowing your situation a little bit, um, especially as it relates to um, group coaching, you know, I'd rather see you do, I, honestly, I'd rather see you do DEXA scans probably every six months. You know, I think people get too obsessive about body fat percentages if they can, can, Yes. Affect their body fat percentage totally. acutely. Yeah, I I'm fairly open about the fact that 
Um, body fat percentage, I really don't, uh, you know, I think the last time that I checked, I was 13%. Um, but that was a while ago, you know, and typically you're going to see, um, you know, as weight goes down, it's typically favorable as it relates to body fat percentage. It's not the only factor, right? Certainly you can build muscle, but, but if you start to measure your body fat daily, it becomes like this obsessive thing. And, you know, I think you can get mostly there, um, from a weight perspective, you know, I, I think that brings me back to kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier related to my journey, right? Um, I needed to lose that weight and I'm not the kind of person that once I get mostly somewhere that I'm not going to try to get the rest of the way, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I got to be 162 pounds and I was 21%, you know, my journey refocused on building muscle. And then going from 162 to 150, if you do the math on that, that was mostly muscle, right? It's about half muscle, half um, body fat. Well, I was stalled at that place and it allowed me to kind of get to that next level. But at the end of the day, you know, seeing your muscles is, is kind of cute, right? But... <laughs> But having muscle is better. And this is what happens a lot with physique competitors and stuff like this. Is they, they kind of do that pool thing, right? Where they're always snuggling up to the pool. And they really never allow themselves to kind of take those six months to a year. And, and, and do, if I'm going to do, you know, body fat percentage. Um, and it's important to me. You know. I did bod pod and I stuck with bod pod because that was the measurement that I used. But I've said this before, if I had to do it all over again and it's more expensive, no question about it. Sometimes it's hard to find. Um, but I would have done DEXA fit, right? There's, uh, or, or DEXA scan. Um, and there's DEXA fit locations, most places. So Lori's saying, okay, noted. Thanks. I don't have a DEXA scan near me, but I did find a bod pod. Would that be an okay option? That would be an okay option. Um, mm -hmm. Kristen's saying, where can I find new written articles? Mm -hmm. I seem to just stick to Facebook. Do you post all new ones to eat form Facebook page? Uh, yeah, we do. Actually, every Sunday we post um, all of Elizabeth's articles and then any other articles tend to kind of come in randomly. But you can you can just go to the Eat Perform page and just scroll up and, and you'll get a lot of really cool content. The other thing, too, I think, you you know, right now we're recording this as a podcast. Um, you know, pretty much we'll post this podcast. Um, definitely this one. This was a really good, you know, session. Um and 1,500 to 2,000 people will listen to it within 24 hours, right? You might not even know that, Sarah, right? I mean, sometimes there's certain podcasts that sort of get kind of spread virally. And then, you know, yeah. 30, 40, 50,000 people will listen to it. So, That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it's kind of nice because I think especially some of these live trend sheet review ones, um, it gives people a little bit more insight in the way mm -hmm. that, us as eat to form coaches think right um, and and talking to people about some of these calorie numbers i mean it's just got to blow people away and then if mm -hmm. you're sitting there 
you know, the one thing that always seems to kind of get me is that if you're doing something and you're not seeing any result and every single time you cuddle up to that same thing, that's like being in an abusive relationship. And I don't yeah. think people see it that way, you know, and you know, the, the way to get out of an abusive relationship is just to cut those cords and then just move on. And that's, that's what we do at Eat to Perform, right? Doesn't mean that you'll never be in a deficit cycle, right? I mean, you know, Amanda West, Elaine, all these people, they're very active people. And then you go, well, I'm not super active. Well, I mean, you know, we're going to want you to push that a little bit. But, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm a workout maven. I mean, a lot of people look at my steps and go, well, yeah, but you get in 20,000 steps. I mean, but how hard is it to make walking a priority in your life, you know? Um, I'm on the phone a lot, so I can walk and talk a fair amount, you know? Um, I didn't, my, uh, my, my steps today are going to be low, though. I just, just decided that I needed to chill. It was a little chilly. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm starting, I have to say, I'm starting to get a little scared because it's Minnesota this morning. It was like 43. Um, Cold. Same here in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to layer up. I mean, we haven't really turned on our furnace yet. And so that's uh -huh. why, you know, uh, <laughs> I think it'll be easier once my furnace is on and then uh -huh. I walk out from warm to cold. Right. Um, yeah. Right now, you know, it's cold and, yeah. you know, like, cold. you don't yeah. want to, you don't want to get up from underneath the covers. So wow. uh, I, they were making fun of me this morning because I'm wearing my Uggs already to the gym. Yeah. People are saying 50 to 60,000 people know about your new car, Sarah. That is true. The, um, oh, Jessica, you're such a sweetheart. That, that was, I can't wait to do your review. That was, uh. <laughs> That was definitely one of the more popular episodes for sure. So, okay. So we're going to end with Chastity. And um, let's see. Sort of seeing kind of the same. You know, she's focused on fat loss. And... Another at five, three and a half. Yeah. Focused on fat loss, kind of in kind of this um, same area over and over again. Um, steps are high, right? Doing the rhythm, doing all the things, um, but really not seeing a great deal of success doing those things. So, my prescription, let me just take a look. I don't know if my prescription described it well, but my suggestion. <laughs> let's see. I mean, part of the problem that we've run into is that she's been at this calorie level basically since February, right? So we've never really explored the top end. Um, and so. Brad did just update her numbers a little bit here. When, oh no, actually, no, that was a, That was on the 11th, right? Um, of August. 
and he lowered fats a bit, raised carbs. All right. Here's my suggestion. Okay. And once again, sort of get into that. If we had an on-demand sheet, we'd be better because, you know, what I'm going to provide as a guideline is going to be fairly aggressive. And I definitely do not want her to be at these numbers for a very long time, especially if they aren't working. What we need is we need to get out of, of dieting mode, right? We need to reset. We need, she probably needs at least two to three levels up, you know, so we can kind of move on. Her activity certainly um, suggests that, you know, things would be better that way. Um, and since we're not seeing a ton of success, you know, we certainly would want to um, give that a shot. But but the first thing I'm going to do is sort of the same, the kind of the thing that I was going to do for Jennifer, right? Where we're going to get pretty aggressive. And the reason why I'm going to get pretty aggressive is I want to leave no stone unturned here, right? Um, and I want to say we gave it everything we had in that scenario. And at the end of the day, your body just wants to get out of, you know, restriction mode for a bit. Um, so, Sarah, what I want to do is I want to make sure that, um, you know, if she wants to consider... I. I She's got to figure out a way to reach out to somebody within two weeks. We have to know whether it's working or not yeah. working. You she know? was asking, she, her question was, should she stay in dieting mode versus exploring the opposite? End? Here's the thing, okay? If we don't do what I'm doing right now, okay, and you can, you can actually go into your total daily energy expenditure sheet right now, and you can see, and, and uh, you know, just mm -hmm. I hope you're sitting down because it's... You know, it's going to be pretty aggressive. <laughs> um, yeah. But if we don't get aggressive, what what's going to happen? You're going to wonder right. what if, you know. Right. So this is our last niche effort. And if, if this doesn't work, well, then we know, you know what? We've got to start up regulating. You know, we've just been at this, at these same macros. And now what that means is, is that the macros that you were at in February, right, or real similar to the macros that you were at, you know, in um, in May. And what that means is, is for you to get to a point where you can actually um, normalize your system, we have to be higher than that, right? Um, and so what I would like to see Basically, where your weight is right now, you know, what I would like to see is no matter what, if we're 4.8 pounds down from where we are today, we stop no matter what, right? If in two weeks we find that we're a pound or two down, it's not enough, right? Because we got too aggressive, right? your activity levels should support much more calories. And 
I know that you probably look at the one day where you went to the Greek festival, you know, and then the one day, you know, on the 16th where your weight was up and then it couldn't come down um, as the negative. Really, the negative is just that we're not acclimating at a higher enough number the good majority of time. Yeah. So we're going to try this low period, week or two, and then we're going to, you know, if we're seeing success or we're close, you know, what I want to do is give you a little breathing room, you know, so we can get, you know, we've been talking a lot about that mystery number that we really, you know, I'm not going to bust people out on their weight. Mm -hmm. um, but she has a mystery number, right? And her mm -hmm. mystery number is, is most likely that that one number that is she's just under today and was just over yesterday you know yeah. so if we get a little bit more you know where you know we can be 4.8 pounds down that'll end up being positive um so we're going to exhaust this two weeks make sure to keep activity up you definitely do not want to and this is going to suck right um it probably doesn't suck right now Right, because you've sort of gotten used to um, this. You've been just doing this for too long. See, this is the other piece, is that, you know, while trend sheets are good and provide us a level of, of understanding of where you guys are at better than it, you know, it may have done in the past, it's still, we're, we're mostly going to be doing what you want, you know? And um, certainly at times, you know, we'll make suggestions and try to kind of move you um, from where you think you need to be to where you actually need to be, right? But we're going to give this, this last gasp shot at fat loss cycle, and then we're going to be done. So, okay. so last question. Before we shut things down, Krista's saying, I got macros changed two weeks ago from fat loss performance. Paul told me to come back. Also told me to get on the trend sheet, and I did. I haven't been as on point as I usually am. Various reasons. Should I still request review even though I haven't been hitting green as consistently or wait? Um, let me, I mean, while we're here, right? Okay. <laughs> um, let me just jump into her file and see. Even though consistency, a lot of times, you know, like what does consistency mean? You know, for me, you know, consistency might be, um, you know, under eating. You know, I see a lot of people that, that are under eating and often, um, did you get Chris to she? Yeah, so so when I'm looking at it, I talked to her on the 14th. So let's go back to the 14th. On the 14th, weight was higher than it is now, right? Um, let's see, updating your numbers as we move to performance. Love everything about what we're, we're doing, right? See, this is another thing. I mean, it, it you know, I, I love the fact that that everyone, you know, she two weeks ago, now 
let me let me just take a look. I'm still seeing a fair amount of greens. So in terms of consistency, I don't know what she's thinking, but she's down weight. We upped macros, right? And I think that would be the other thing. Like she's thinking consistency is down probably as it relates to steps because there's certainly her calories are fine, right? I think she's concerned with the number. She noted she's up one and a half pounds this morning with a frowny face. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, we, we got to quit, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, I think people walk through life as if their scale has a gun to their head, right? Yeah. I mean, if we were talking about 10 pounds, yeah, you know, um, we, we would definitely do everything that we can. And certainly we would have never let it get that far. But I can also show her instances within the last couple days where you know i mean yesterday she was at her lowest weight so now today right she was at her lowest weight and it was a super day when you're up you know 1.5 pounds after a super day that's exactly what's supposed to happen that's exactly what you want it's over 10 pounds in in two months yeah that she's lost yeah and i mean you know i get it you know she wants to lose weight and probably wants to lose weight, you know, faster. But at the same time, we upped her macros by quite a bit, actually. You know, when you look at the, the weekly average, she's down weight in that two period time. And frankly, you know, we're probably going to want to move up at least one more time while she's seeing kind of the results. So she may not have been here for the earlier phone calls, um, but what we were seeing is that for many of the people similar to her, now she's obviously allowed steps to get a little bit low sometimes, you know, but I mean, she's crossfitting like her CrossFit is a lot of days, right? Um, and so this is somebody that needs more food, right? And so, um, I, I think you're doing great. Weights up after a super day. Weights supposed to be up after a super day. Certainly not something we should be freaking out about. Um, I would like to see your super days actually be a super day, right? So her her carbs on her super day were actually low as her fats were high. So that's really kind of what a low day is like, right? I'd rather see her go all out, right? Now she's thinking, well, you know um, she did say she miscalculated dinner and, and stuff like this, but don't let the scale like, yeah. you know, hold a gun to your head. Cause that's not, right. you know, that's not the place that we want to be. But I, I think Krista, one thing that I would like to see from you is in two weeks, I want to review and I want to move your macros higher. We're seeing a downward trend since we did it. And I think we're just going to see nothing but more of a downward trend. We have to realize average female, I say this all the time in group coaching, right? Average female, 5'5", 155. When you juxtapose that against your height at 5'7", okay, you're below average as it relates to weight. So you're already leaner than you think. We don't have any body fat information, okay? Well, okay, we do have body fat information from the 11th, right? So when we look at where she was at on the 11th compared to where she is at 
today and we assume that as we're increasing calories we're holding on to more of that muscle now it's a natural thought process that she should be lower than 25% right and then for us to continue going lower than that we definitely need to kind of move things up at least one more level so when I asked her to request a review the reason why I asked her to request a review is because I wanted to go up not down she's saying thanks Paul loving all the food been noticing the downward trend with the increased food and couldn't be happier okay good so in two weeks call me up you CrossFit like crazy let's make sure that we're fueling that CrossFit so you're actually seeing the benefit from all the work that you're doing because right now we're still kind of low as it relates to um, your overall activity level because we're you know when you look at her calorie burn I mean she's not even getting in a lot of steps right compared to you know some of my you know 12 to 15,000 people but her calorie burn is good because you know when we talk about CrossFit we're really talking about some you know resistance training sort of depends on where she's at as it relates to her gym and their program so all right guys this was a really long one covered a lot of ground really cool stuff talk to you guys later bye guys